Hey, hey, good morning, good morning, and uh, welcome to Swahili Sunday. And if you're listening after the fact, uh, thanks so much for listening. First, I apologize if you hear a buzzing in the background. I don't know if it's picking up on. How, how it goes when you have a puppy. They like to mess things up. Oh my gosh, it's just, uh, anyway. So today I was going to talk about having fun, the last of the Go Pink Rules of Engagement, but uh, I don't feel like I can talk about that today. Um, I didn't really think about how I would feel today, to, today being the day after the 20th, uh, anniversary of 9-11, but I, I just don't feel much like talking about having fun right now. So I'm not even real sure what I'm going to talk about, but I guess God will put out what he wants me to say. Uh, on these broadcasts, I'm not like, you know, when I go speak and stuff, there's a certain, I wouldn't say persona, but there's a certain level of energy you use when you speak and things that you do to move an audience here. You just kind of get in me raw, unscripted, how it, how it goes and whatever thoughts and feelings come out of my heart. So, um, I, I'm, I'm going to, oh, it's not on here. So, it, uh, Amani, Amani means peace in Swahili. And um, after watching, I've been watching a lot of the the remembrances of 9-11 and things that happened and people might be saying, oh, I'm so tired of hearing about that. But you know what? If you're tired of hearing about it, you need to actually pay attention to um, the things that people are saying about what happened on that day, because actually what uh, what happened then 20 years ago, I wish people would look at that and think, man, we need to get to back back to that level of connectedness that we once had as a country, as people, as, uh, the, the, you know, I've, I used to talk about it in a speech, how nothing really mattered. Suddenly what mattered were people being together, loving each other. It didn't matter how much money you had, how much stuff you had. There was no, uh, you know, this person against that person that there, all that kind of went away and everybody pulled together and people actually took a look at things and made some changes. Our, our, I think the whole world was changed after 9-11. I was still active duty in the military and that my sister was living with me at the time. And that day when it happened, I was living in New Mexico. So I hadn't even gotten to work yet. And my coworker was, I was dropping my kids off at the youth center. They would go to the youth center before, before going to school. So it was a place for them to hang out with friends. And then the youth center people would walk them over to school. And then they would come back after school and I would get them from the youth center. So uh, she was dropping her kids off and she told me to turn on the radio because one of the twin towers had been hit. And I just, I remember thinking in my head, what, are you kidding? What is that? What is that even, what are you saying? And I turned on the radio and by the time I I had to cross across the flight line, I was stationed at Holloman Air Force Base. I had to cross across the flight line to get to my unit 
because it was on the other side of the base. And by the time I got to work, the other tower had been hit, the Pentagon. Um, we gathered in the conference room and then I was told along with three other people to go get my affairs in order because I was going, I was set to deploy. Didn't actually deploy until May, but I'm telling you what, from January, from January, from September to maybe about January, February, I was like, I was on edge thinking, oh, I'm deploying. I'm not. I am. I'm not. It was going to go here. It was going to go there. That was, this was going to happen. That was going to happen. And then it never happened. And then, then I got notified uh, that I was deploying in May. And I went from May to September to uh, Doha, Qatar, which was right across, which was, the, uh, that base doesn't exist anymore. It's called Camp Snoopy. I was talking about that a little bit on Fair Trade Friday. That base, they actually redeveloped the airport and knocked that part down because there's another base there that had been built up after we were withdrawing out of Saudi Arabia. So we, we they're flying a lot of people into uh, that base in Doha uh, now out of, out of Afghanistan. So, um, or they have been, but it, you know, that was a time when everybody pulled together and, and really took a look at their lives and took a look at how they treated other people and took a look at uh, things that we did. I mean, before that, if you went to the airport and I don't know if you remember this, if you were, of that age that you're an adult and can remember versus you were younger and, and don't remember some of these things. But I remember going to the airport. I was, I was deploying, I was deploying. I, I was going to a temporary duty assignment. We were actually going to a, an exercise in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. And at that time I, uh, this was, uh, this was before 9-11. And I would go and stay at the El Paso airport overnight because it was a good 90 miles from Alamogordo to the El Paso airport. So I, I went to the El Paso airport. I went to a hotel and I set my alarm. I think I even had a wake up call that didn't come. And I woke up late and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm late. I'm gonna, you know, and I raced to the airport. I leave my car in the parking lot, you know, the long-term parking. I race into the airport and I yell, I, I'm going to miss my flight. Can I go to the front of the line? I'm military. And they let me go to the front of the line. And I ran to the plane and I got on the plane in time. That wouldn't happen today. There's no way you would, there was no like security where you had to take your shoes off and go through all that stuff. You could just run to the plane. People could walk you to the plane without any special, uh, you know, credentials or whatever. Now there's, you know, you got to take your shoes off. You got to take your laptops out. You got to do all that. So I would have missed the plane for sure. That was definitely something that changed. And I remember after 9-11 that, that for quite some time, there were National Guard in the airport uh, going around the airport. And then that kind of went away and we went back to being complacent again. And then we went back to uh, being selfish again, and we went back to being unkind again, and that unkindness and selfishness has just grown over the years. Here we are 20 years later, and people are so nasty to each other. Now, I'm not saying, okay, when you stand up for something that you, that's, you've been done wrong or something that you uh, believe in, you know, you stand up for yourself. You have to be a little bit own your power, which is a think like a negotiator strategy. You have to stand up a little bit for that. But 
people now hide behind their computer and disparage people without any evidence, without any uh, thought to what they're saying or who they're destroying. Um, I've had people attack me about baskets and beads and claiming I'm unethical and I'm I'm this and I'm that and the other thing. But, you know, those are people that are hiding behind a computer screen and spewing out hate. And that happens so much. Like a lot of, uh, I, I don't even know how a celebrity does it. You know, they've always taken whatever hits for stuff. But now this cancel culture thing, going, how they go after people and how they, instead of, if somebody does something wrong, instead of, okay, let's figure out how to make this right, no, they seek to destroy that person and tear them down. Heaven forbid it should happen to you if you make a mistake that's egregious or not. Like somebody makes a, an egregious mistake and says something stupid or something racist or something uh, ridiculous or or whatever. They, they'll turn the tables and they'll cancel you and they'll go and dig up every single thing about your life and anything you ever did wrong. Well, Jesus said he's without sin, let them cast the first stone. We all have done things wrong. And the fact that we've gotten to a place in our society where people can uh, just rip somebody apart and tear them down and go after them and then get a bunch of other people on board to go after them. And then, you know, maybe the media turns on somebody and it's, it, it's, this person is just going to be destroyed. They lose their job. They lose their livelihood. Should really somebody lose their whole life for making a stupid, egregious mistake? Or should they maybe be rehabilitated in a way where they understand what they did was wrong? And then they can come and share about their experience and help somebody else maybe not do that thing in the future, whether it's racist or whether it's, uh, you know, bigoted or whether it's just some other kind of hate against somebody. Why have we become a society that wants to just totally tear people apart? That's not God's way. That, that, you know, love thy neighbor as thyself means loving somebody, even if you don't like them, even if you disagree with them. But Man, if you don't have the same political view as somebody else and you share that you and they don't agree with you, they and all their friends that don't agree with you will come and just rip you apart. And that's not the way our society should be. You see so many uh, situations where somebody's losing it on an airplane. People are punching flight attendants and getting in fights on an airplane. I've never in my life. I'm thankfully on any planes I've traveled on. I haven't had that experience, but I've never in my life seen it a time where so many people are losing their minds. And I know some of it is probably COVID related. We, we've been locked up for so long and things have been uh, abnormal for so long, but that doesn't, that, that, that just doesn't give anybody the excuse or the right to go and, and, you know, be so horrendous to somebody else. Um, that I just, I don't, I don't understand it. I can't wrap my head around it. And it really hurts my heart when I go and I watch all these videos in 9-11 and people recount their experiences. And I go back and think about my experience and how when I was set to deploy in support of Operation Enduring Freedom, which was the, the beginning of the war on terror after 9-11. And I, you know, I rose my right hand and set, took an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. 
And I had to leave my kids behind and I had to go, I had, you know, who knows that I went to a place where, where I wasn't right in direct combat. That doesn't mean I wasn't in danger. I was followed over there a couple of times. We, our job, we were one of the few uh, groups, us and finance who could go off the base regularly. And when I was over there, we would go into town to buy things for the base, to keep the base in operation. That My job was contracting, contract specialist. So I was there to purchase things that uh, the base needed. And the only way you could do that was to go in town and directly communicate with all the vendors. And we would go to different places. And a couple of times, couple of times in the mall, I especially one time I remember for sure we were we were there. We went to a place. I talked about this on Friday too. We went to a place. It was called Care For. It was it's like the Walmart, um, a European Walmart or whatever. And we went there to buy some stuff. And you know, I noticed you have to always in the military. You're trained situational awareness. You got to look around and see what's going on around you. A lot of people are oblivious to what's going on around them, and they they uh, they get caught up in situations. So I'm always doing situational awareness, seeing who's around, what's going on. It's just part of my military training. Go to a restaurant, I kind of look around. I'm like looking for an escape route or it, should something go wrong? Because you never know. There are so many crazy people out there today. I may be sitting in a restaurant and some fight may break out or somebody may, um, who knows, have a gun or whatever. You never know what you're going to face. So to, you always need to be situationally aware because you don't just want to walk into a place and not look around and see who's around. And if you see somebody that's acting a little way that makes you feel uncomfortable, move away. Don't go to it. You know, too many times people, I'm going to go and I'm going to get my phone. I'm going to take a video of this. No, step away, step away from the crazy. So if you, uh, if you see that, you know, you get away from it anyway. So I'm always situationally aware. And when I, we were in, in the Middle East doing our job. So it usually was a contracts person and a finance person. And we went out in one of the vehicles. Um, I always drove, I, I was always the one driving and we were in a suburban. So I'm driving a, a big suburban you know, through Doha, Qatar. And uh, we, we would go to our different places and buy things. And we were in the mall and I noticed because we moved around, we went to our, our place to buy stuff and then, Hey, we're in the mall. Let's just walk around for a minute. And I noticed this one person was following us. Like, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm not so sure that maybe it's just a coincidence, but I'm, I'm noticing it. And then we go to eat, we go to sit down to eat. And I'm, I tell my, my, uh, person, my finance person I was with, like, all right, check your 10 o'clock. I think we're being followed. And uh, so we, after we ate, we got up and moved around and, you know, that person was following us. Don't know why, don't know what, you know, what they were trying to figure out or whatever, but it was kind of like, all right, let's go to, let's just kind of mosey, like we're going to our going to do something else and we're going to go by the entrance we came in and we're going to get out of here. So that's what we did, but we did it very casually. And uh, then we went out when we, we went, when we went out the door, we went out pretty out, out and we started, we made a beeline and I always made sure I parked pretty close to the entrance 
so we could get in and out quickly. These are all things that you had to think of in an environment like that. But I think about that here too, because you never know what you might encounter. So you always want to be situationally aware about things. Um, anyway, I kind of squirreled off on, on that, but um, I don't know. I was just, if you haven't watched any of the uh, people who survived the attacks on 9-11, there's people who survived from the Pentagon. There's people who survived from the Twin Towers and they tell their stories and they tell about, and I noticed it too, how, like I said, suddenly what mattered were was people came together. People were caring about each other and what, uh, it was more about let's, let's pull together instead of being divided. And there were people would put up banners, united we stand. That's what this country is about. It's like coming together. And yes, there are issues and yes, there are problems, but we can work together to get over those. And we don't have to be so divisive and don't so nasty. One of my favorite script, scriptures is second Chronicles seven fourteen. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will hear, heal their land. Too many people are turning away from God and turning towards towards self, turning toward evil, turning towards power and, and wanting more stuff. That's one of the issues that we have in America. People want more and more and more and more and more stuff, more stuff, more things, more clout, more power, more this, more that. And as I've uh, gotten older, I've and, and with my trips to Kenya, I've realized I don't need more stuff. I have a car that I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. Um, I, I bought it used um, and it has, to, I looked at it yesterday, 211,000 miles on it. I mean, I've, I've had the car for 10 years and I'm grateful it's still going because I don't want to be forced to buy another car. Would I like to have a nice new Mercedes or BMW or whatever? Yeah, sure. I'd love to have that, but I'm not going to invest that money in something brand new for me and put myself to where I'm, I've got a big car payment when I have work to do in Kenya. So for me, I don't really care as long as I have a, a, I mean, it's a Cadillac SRX, which is a nice car, but it's, it's 10 years old. It, it actually is probably 11 years old because it's 2011. So it came out in 2010 and I bought it in the end of 2012. So it had 38,000 miles on it. So most of the miles I've put on it and I've taken good care of it. I've put it in, in the shop and taken good care of it and it's lasted and I'm praying it lasts another 100,000 miles. We'll see how far it goes before it, it you know, they say things aren't, are in, made in America aren't built to last, but um, this is a General Motors car and it's, um, it's lasted me 10 years. So I'm uh, almost 10 years, I guess it's lasted. 10 years, 11 years, because it was, it was, I don't know if it was you, who I, I bought it through CarMax because I was going with a friend who was looking and I, you know, my, my truck I was going to give to my son, which I did. And he eventually sold it. So, um, I'm just grateful that my car still runs and I don't have to, you know, get another one. I've got a Harley, but it's a 1998 Harley. I've had it since 1998. So, uh, love to have a newer bike, but you know, I'm not, I'm not in a position where I have that kind of money to invest in anything. And even if I did, I'm so committed to what I'm doing in Kenya that uh, I'm more like I've t mentioned before, I'm working a job so I can pay the business expenses and uh, make sure that 
the I can still keep the business going. I'm doing things like running ads and trying to get marketing help because really what I need with this, I'm, I have all the, the, yeah, I know every, you could always improve your systems. I need to improve my, my warehouse and my inventory system needs to be improved. But other than that, uh, and then eventually I need to stop doing the shipping of all the products and, and be able to hire some help to do that. But um, right now today, that's not a possibility because I, again, I, I'm doing bare bones and, and minimal business expenses so I can make sure that uh, the business sustains itself. But the main thing that I need is exposure. And, I mean, you need exposure for the products. I'm so grateful that uh, the products are, are in Safari Park down in San Diego and there's been some good sales. So I'm hoping for them that that's enough sales for them to continue to order. It's like I mentioned about that before, they have the paper beads. Woot right there paper bees they're they're selling bracelets i think what what's mostly selling are the single strand bracelets and then these and the wrap bracelets are are mostly selling i should put some bracelets on today actually so the and then the the medium paper beads are are, are selling the chunky and the long paper beads haven't sold as well so they're focusing on those but if they can if let me change that to when when they continue to order all the ladies make these this gives everybody an opportunity so i'm praying for more people to get more you know i'm trying to get into some stores and i had invested in somebody to help me which hasn't helped so it hasn't that hasn't materialized to anything and uh you know, I need introductions because there's gatekeepers and then I can reach out and contact and it's kind of like, okay, yeah, who are you? Go away. Um, so I have three stores that I have my eye on and um, I'm actually going to see what I can do to get those things in the store. So, because that, that's what it is. This is an opportunity. This little bracelet made out of paper is an opportunity for someone to earn an income. Our slogan is a hand up, not a handout. Building self-sustaining families through entrepreneurship, one woman at a time. So if we can get orders for these and you know, the other stuff too, but not all the ladies make, like uh, all the ladies make the Dina necklace, which I don't have here. I don't think I have one of those up here, which is a, a simple, little beaded necklace. A lot of the ladies make this one. This is the Helen that I'm wearing today. And uh, it's, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty cool. It's got, it's got a little braiding here. And then, then this is, this is kind of loose and free. And you see, this is a kind of a turquoise color, but if you look close, you can see some little flicks of gold. So it has, has a little embellishment to pick up and it's really lightweight for as much beading as is there. But it gives this gives opportunities for people to earn income, and uh, so if you're inclined to purchase, that's great. We are still raising money. I always say this every Swahili Sunday. We are still raising money for food packs until we get back to sustainability. So if you're inclined to donate for the food packs, you can go to basketsandbeadskenya.org, and you know five dollars, ten dollars, a hundred dollars, whatever. We've been raising nine hundred to a thousand dollars a month uh, since the pandemic started and we will continue to do so until we get to a situation where um, 
we're back to sustainability. And what sustainability means is that I'm placing enough orders for them that they can sustain themselves. Because there is no government help there for food, I am committed to make sure that they have, uh, they have the, the means necessary to be able to feed themselves. There's no, uh, there's no food pantries and no food stamps or anything like that. There's no soup kitchens. There's nothing like that. They would just starve. They would go be picking food scraps out of the dumpster and going back to prostituting themselves or selling illegal alcohol. And I just can't, I can't in my good conscious conscience let that happen. So that's why I'm continuing. We are continuing to raise money uh, to support that. We, we do have the bigger vision of doing sponsorships for kids to go to school. And uh, then obviously the huge dream of buying some land, building housing, building a farm, building a, um, a, uh, a place for them to manufacture because they're still doing it in their huts. So that basketsandbeadskenya.org is where you go to donate. And if you want to purchase a paper bead bracelet, you go to basketsandbeadskenya.com. Free shipping over $25. And somebody asked me yesterday, and I get this question sometime, how much of the proceeds go back to them? Well, they realize the benefit up front. I buy from them up front at a reasonable price, and then I resell put the money back in the business and then buy from them again. And I'm getting to sustainability would mean that we could order at least monthly. We could order stuff at least monthly and give them work. So uh, the more of these that sell, the more work that everybody has. So we have the single strand and we have the, um, we have the stretch and then there's also a wrap version. And then we have the long paper bead necklaces and the medium paper bead necklaces, which are just really, Indigo attempted to pull one of these earlier and they're so sturdy they can even take oh this is a really long one so you can do this triple you can do this triple times this one usually you double it but for me I guess I can triple this one and then here's the medium one and it, it's just so cool that they're like like this one has primary colors but then it has a few of the normal magazine beads just kind of stuck right in, which is really nice. Anyway, basketsmeadskenya.com if you want to place an order for anything, and I will ship it right out to you. And anyway, I thought that I just, uh, like I said, if you haven't, I, you can scroll through anywhere on social media and find interviews and stories about people, about what happened to them on 9-11 and how they survived. Um, some of them were very close. They were burned over most of their body and they still managed to survive. Um, for whatever reason, it was not their time to go. So I would highly recommend going to read and check on, on that if you haven't. And what you might personally consider is how can you get yourself in a position to make sure that you're connected to other people, be kind to other people. I have this sign up here and I've talked about it plenty of times before. Uh, this, this hangs above my desk because I, I can get frustrated. I'm, I'm being transparent here. I can get frustrated really easy with things. Hey, this matches my necklace. I can get frustrated really easy with things. So especially, 
especially at my job, there's some interesting things that happen. And I'm like, I don't even understand how you can even think that's logical. So then I have this sign here that reminds me to be kind, extra grace required, have grace, patience, and forgiveness freely and often for people. And I think we need more of that today and less of less trolling and less anger. And I'm, I'm sure that I don't know if there's any trolls that watch this, but um, probably not. Cause I'm not, I guess I'm not whatever enough. I mean, even though on some of the ads, people have put some nasty comments, like one talked about it before one person said, I hope this is ethical, but my gut tells me it's not. And the, the ad said ethically made. I'm like, what, what is that based on? You can just throw a comment out there and disparage somebody and there's no consequences. The, the, that's the problem. There's no consequences today for people who disparage and tear down other people. It's become so commonplace to be disparaging and nasty to other people, especially online, in the media, on video, whatever, uh, that that no, there's, there's no accountability for that. You can say whatever, just about whatever you want, unless there are some certain boundaries still that apply, but you can say almost anything you want to disparage somebody and get away with it. And why is that? Okay. That should not be okay. That shouldn't be okay. And people just need to stop doing it. I mean, if your life is so miserable that you have to rip somebody else apart just to make yourself feel better. I remember um, I was dating a man back in 2013 and he died in a skydiving accident. And there was a video uh, about it. Like they did, there was a little, you know, some news stuff. And then there was a video about it and the nasty comments that people put on there, like it was funny, like, Oh, you know, um, one of the comments was, oh, I wonder how, how big of a, you know, how big of a sound of a splat he made when he hit the ground and stuff like that. Just making, making light and fun of, about somebody's death. And why, why is that okay? Why have we become a nation or a world of people that something like that is okay and funny? Like, that's not funny. Somebody lost their life and they're, their children no longer have a father and they're, you know, they're like, I no longer had a, and we had only been dating a short while, but um, I no longer had that person in my life. And it, it just really uh, shook me up. But what shook me up even more was how nasty people were and how, oh, it's not anybody I know. So I can just get on here People actually do this for entertainment. They actually troll and say nasty stuff to people for entertainment. Like this is fun. Yeah, I've got a real problem with that. So uh, we need to get back to a point where we, and that's the evil ways that that scripture talks about turn. If my people who are called by my name will turn from their evil ways, turn from that. That's evil. That's nasty. That's cruel and mean and any of that kind of stuff shouldn't be acceptable and we should hold people accountable for uh for doing those kind of things which gets us back to amani which is peace in swahili having having peace being peaceful enough within yourself that you're not the person that is going to disparage somebody like that 
Now, again, I'm not talking about standing up for something that you believe in or that, you know, that a wrong that's been done or committed or whatever, but that doesn't mean that you need to, uh, I think we need to get away from this being okay for this cancel culture thing and being okay with just ripping somebody's life apart uh, just for making whatever mistake it is. No matter, like obviously if you murder somebody, you should go to jail. But if you said something racist, instead of losing your job, losing your livelihood, you, losing your life because of something stupid you said, maybe you should be kind of rehabilitated in a way to understand why what you said was wrong and share your experience so other people don't do that. So we stop it. You can't stop racism by disparaging other people and tearing them down. People need to be educated to change their way of thinking. If you change your thoughts, you change your whole life. So people's thinking need to be changed. And some people can't. Their thinking won't ever be changed because they're just in their heart. They're just so angry and evil and frustrated. The only the only way that that can change is for somebody to have God and bring Jesus into their life and just, you know, turn, turn away from their evil ways and turn towards God. That that's the um, what I think is the answer. And um, not saying that people that claim to be of God uh, don't do bad things, but that's the evil world that we live in. It's hard. Anyway, just to bring uh, Amani peace into your life requires some level of work and to not be okay with people uh, publicly disparaging other people or publicly instead, like you see some of these videos where people are, a couple people are getting in a fight, beating each other up. And instead of somebody helping and breaking it up, you get everybody bring their camera out. Let's film this so I can be viral online. I'm going to film this. Um, no, break it. Go and break up the fight and get the people away because that somebody might die. And then what? You were filming it. Okay, you got some evidence for the police or whatever. That's great, but maybe that could have been prevented if some people would have stepped in and gotten the people out of the way. I don't know. That's that's just my thoughts for today. I'm just feeling very, very heavy-hearted thinking about 9/11, where I was, my commitment to uh, being in the military and. And then I, I came back and I retired because they were going to turn around and we were going into Iraq right after that. And they were going to turn around and send me right back. And I had just gotten back. I'm like, I, yeah, I can't take this twice right now because I had some kind of horrendous things happen to me when I was deployed and uh, like a lot of psychological warfare. I think I've explained this before, but there was a, somebody over there who decided when he got there that I was going to be his woman. And when I said, no, I'm sorry, I'm not playing that way. He, uh, he made my life horrible over there. He did so much stuff to me because I would not uh, receive his advances, but he was very covert about the way he did it. So um, I thought, yeah, I'm not going to deploy again. I can't, I think I'm going to put in my papers to retire. So, and then I came out to California and that's how I got out here to sunny SoCal. I was say everything's God's perfect plan because had I not been out here, I was actually looking to go to Colorado. There was a possibility I could have stayed in and go, gone to Dover Air Force Base uh, on the, the East Coast. 
So uh, I ended up in California, and as a result, I'm now the Kenya bead queen. Anyway, all right, everybody, that is it for today. I have to go take the puppy dog out. I'm, it's quiet. I'm, I'm kind of concerned that it's quiet. She might be chewing something up. Or she might have destroyed something already. But at least I have my glasses on the table. She already got a hold of them once, and, and Gracie had destroyed two pair of my glasses. So something about dogs and glasses, not good. Anyway, I hope you all have a great day, and we will pick up with our series on, uh, finish up our series on the Go Pink Rules of Engagement. Next time, talk about having fun. Until then, um, go visit basketsandbeadskenya.org for a donation, basketsandbeadskenya.com for a purchase. Uh, continue to follow on social media and I will see you soon. Naku Panda. <laughs>